Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. Hope you're all doing well. I know I promised you a deep dive into natural law and common law, and I'm finding this to be very deep subject matter, uh, and I'm discovering all sorts of new things. I've reached out to a number of guests to help, uh, and next week is the start of that, and my sense of this is that we will piece this together bit by bit, but I also promise you I will create a really deep and valuable solo episode with lots of resources for you. What is the timeline on that? Well, I'm in the middle of lots of interviews right now, so once the smoke clears a bit, I'll start writing the natural Natural Law episode. I'm really excited to create this and share this with you as I feel like it's a crucial piece of the puzzle in our quest to understand exactly how we have given our consent to a globalist entity that does not have any affinity for us and does not want us to awaken from this. So please stay tuned for that. Today's guest is a really good one. I so enjoyed our conversations both before and during the recording. I love to speak with people that have courage and my guest today certainly checks that box. A former mainstream media reporter, I don't get to talk to too many of them as they typically don't want to acknowledge that perhaps they are not working on behalf of humanity, but instead are assisting the globalists. Interesting times, base campers, interesting times. Let's go sit around the fire with her, listen to some of her wisdom, and find out what she's discovered. My guest today is April Moss. April is an award-winning meteorologist and journalist, formerly from CBS Detroit, who blew the whistle on her network during her live weather forecast in June of 2021 with Project Veritas. April took a stand against the medical discrimination that CBS was enforcing upon its employees, as well as the suppression of truth and lack of objectivity in their reporting. She is now an investigative journalist, as well as the host of her own show, Face the Facts, which is available on all podcast platforms and Rumble. Here is my interview with April Moss. All right. I am here with April Moss, former uh, mainstream media reporter turned citizen journalist, mother, patriot, April Moss. April, welcome to Basecamp for a minute. It is great to have you on the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you, Tony. I was so happy to connect with you. Um, you've got a uh, uh, your own channel that we're going to talk about coming up. We'll we'll talk about that. But you were a mainstream media reporter, and uh, I read the story. You saw a story on CBS Detroit, and that really sort of triggered something or had you get in motion. What what was it like? What were you doing for work? And then. What did you notice about this story or what were you noticing about your work inside of mainstream media that had you kind of go, okay, wait a minute, I'm I'm shifting? Yeah. Um, well, so I was a meteorologist for CBS mm-hmm. Detroit. And mm-hmm. um, but I also hosted a show that aired on the weekends called uh Street Beat or Community Connect. And it was really just um supposed to be a show to really focus on the great things that were happening. In in around Metro Detroit, uh, kind of a break from the everyday news cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was supposed to be positive, uplifting, all of that. And so I had um, been hosting that show for a, a few years, and when COVID hit, I noticed how drastically we were abandoning the tenets of journalism, and instead of having you know, a balanced conversation where we're including guests from, you know, if you're going to have a political guest, 
join you uh, that's, you know, typically a, a Democrat, then you should also be inviting a Republican political guest, you know, and that was something that, you know, I would be in talks with the different producers there. And I would say, well, listen, like if you're going to have this person on, then we should invite this person. And really it was made very clear to me that was not their intent. They really didn't want to give any air, uh, air time at all to somebody who is conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and really I got to a point where I was just disgusted by it because, um, you know, as a journalist, you're not supposed to show what, what side of the political spectrum you side with. You're mm-hmm. supposed to bring, you know, both sides of a story, let the audience, you know, sort it out in their own head how they want to perceive each person. But you bring the facts and let the people decide. Um, and so it was during 2020 that I uh, began to really ask some questions that it seemed like nobody else in my station was asking. And it started, you know, in March, I believe it was close to St. Patrick's day when at least in Michigan, everything began to shut down. That was when the, the kids were sent home from schools. Everything was shutting down in Michigan. Nobody was supposed to be leaving their home. And as you know, somebody that worked for the media, uh, I received two letters from the Department of Homeland Security uh, that said, you must keep these letters with you at all times. And one letter said, the bearer of this letter must be able to obtain gasoline in order to fulfill their, you know, to get to work, to fulfill their duties um, mm-hmm. as somebody who is a, a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, you you read that and how can you not ask the question? Sure. Uh, well, is this implying that the general public isn't going to have gasoline? Mm-hmm. And and then the second letter said the bearer of this letter must be able to get to work in order to restore communications that are down. And I thought, and I was told, keep these letters with you at all times. Make sure they're in you know all of your vehicles. And you know, this was when we didn't know what this virus was. All we were seeing on television was people being taken out of the, you know, Italian hospitals and body bags, Mm -hmm. New York City hospitals, people, you know, being put into freezer trucks. And you're hearing just fear, fear, fear. So of course, in those early days, I was scared to death. And as a mom with, you know, four kids, I was thinking, gosh, you know, I, I don't want to bring something home to them, sure. but I continued to work through all of COVID. I was, I was one of only, uh, I would say less than 10 people in the entire company. And we had about 250 people at our, my local station, um, that worked with me. Only 10 of us were allowed to be in the building during COVID. So um, it was maybe two weeks later, I I just did a deep dive. I'm a naturally inquisitive person. Um, My minor was political science in college. I love politics and I love understanding what's happening in the world. And so I started to find out about a lot of things through Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He was posting on Instagram pretty much daily. Yep. Uh, And I'm sure you can sympathize during this time it was as if there were certain people you would follow online and it was as if you're getting your daily bread and daily water, right? Absolutely. Yep. The information at that time 
was so imperative to for me to try to understand what was happening. And within two weeks, I figured it out. I was like, okay, this is a depopulation agenda. This mm-hmm. is a part of 2030. This is the, you know, Klaus Schwab, um, you know, Bill Gates thing, the globalists, you know, yep. want to reset all of this stuff. Yep. So I thought to myself, well, surely, and this is how naive I was at the time, Tony, Surely someone else in the media has also come to this conclusion. When are they going to start telling people the truth? Uh, because, you know, my my normal job was a meteorologist. So I'm here I am just forecasting the weather. Well, um, I realized within a couple of months, I see no one is actually going to tell the people the truth. Yep. And then I struggled with that through all of 2020 into 2021. I was really wrestling with with the knowledge that I had Mm -hmm. and feeling so responsible as somebody in the media um, to be able to tell the truth to the people. And so I began to pray and just ask God, you know, tell me what to do because I feel like I've been put here for such a time as this. I do have a platform um, to be able to use. And it was breaking my heart, to be honest, to see so many families that had been divided because of the lies and the fear Mm -hmm. and the propaganda that my station and many others were putting out to the people, telling them they couldn't hug their grandkids and, you know, all of that stuff. But then, you know, we began to get emails from corporate, so CBS New York, emailing all of the staff and telling us, you know, we need to use the power of all of our brands. And you think of CBS, that the huge conglomeration that it is, all the different brands it owns, you know, MTV and, and so many more. Um, they're going to use all of those brands to push the vaccine, uh, to tell everybody that this is the only way to go back to normal. Yep. And that was, you know, another catalyst moment for me where I was just disgusted and bewildered. And so I contacted Project Veritas. And they, uh, you know, I worked with them for several months. And then one day, uh, James O'Keefe called me on the phone and he said, April, we're going public with your story. And so um, that's when I decided, okay, I had a few days to kind of get my my courage up. And I decided during my weather forecast that I was going to, you know, out CBS for their propaganda. Yeah. So that was June, 2021. That was Father's Day. And it's the best decision I've ever made. Well, wait, wait, wait. So, so you were on air? I was live on air. Did they, were they screaming in your earpiece? (laughs) No. So this is, this is the amazing way how God works because I kept thinking, man, they're going to like shut me down, you know, halfway through. Yeah. But it just so happened that, um, so I was the weekend meteorologist and they had, um, the station had outsourced our, um, master control to a place in, in Georgia. And so there was nobody in my building that night when I was, and, um, so So you're you're dropping truth bombs live on air and nobody's watching to rein you in. Yeah. And the crazy thing is about all of this is that during this time, even though I had been working at the station all through COVID, even when I was afraid in the beginning, still went into work. 
when the vaccine became available and I didn't let the company know whether mm-hmm. I had um, gotten that or not, they began to say, well, now we can't have you in our building anymore. Mm. So it was okay for me to be in the building when, you know, all hell was breaking loose. Sure. But it's not okay now that we have a cure and you're clearly unclean is yep. is really the message that they were giving me. Um, and so thank goodness for uh, America's Frontline Doctors and Children's Health Defense. They had forms on their website that I was able to print out. They're already written up by a, you know, a lawyer. And submit to HR to say, listen, it's it's illegal. It's a violation mm-hmm. of federal law to to uh, force me to tell you what my medical status is. Correct. Yeah. And um, they it went all the way up to CBS Law in uh, the legal team in New York, and they basically said, yeah, we don't care. We don't mm-hmm. care that we're violating your rights. We don't care about any of it. Hmm. So the weekend that I decided to go rogue on TV, it happened to be Father's Day weekend. And for those that are listening, you know, and I think you can sympathize being in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. it, you know, we don't get a lot of sunshine in Michigan and winters are very long and gray and cloudy. Yep. So Father's Day weekend is typically the first weekend where you get decent weather, where there's sunshine and it's nice. So most people go out of town, they go on vacation. So in in my case, it just so happened that nobody from my station and management was watching my broadcast that night. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't hurt that uh, my forecast was bumped back like an hour later than normal because of some other event that they were covering earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So because it was a holiday week, and I think that's there's just it was the perfect storm of events that collided to where I was able to get my entire forecast out. And for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's definitely something to see. You can go to my website, aprilmosstv.com, and I have it posted there. Um, But I give the forecast from my home office. And um, my goal was to just stay as normal as possible in my inflection points Uh so that anybody listening wouldn't, because normally what they do in master control is they're just making sure, Hey, are the audio levels good? Is the video good? Good. They're not listening to what I'm saying. Right. Right. As long as I don't make any sudden moves or anything like I, and that was the prayer. And I just said, God, uh, here's my one chance to do this and please let it get out there. And he sure did. That is awesome. Well, that is going to be great for people to go check that out. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is that, you know, we have a kind of a former friend of ours that worked in mainstream media. And when all of this was going down, uh, you know, my wife had said something to her about now, you know, we have been the, the, the rabbit hole that you went down and arrived at, you know, pedophilia and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, all that, like we had been down that a few years prior. So when COVID hit, it just looked like a playbook out of WEF. We're like, oh, here's the great, here's part of the Great Reset and this kind of totalitarian uh, grab, you know, trust Fauci and the science, which we didn't, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And we were just, we weren't buying it. And so here in the Northwest, you know, they're like, I don't know what people were saying. We, we just kind of hold up and said, people are not agreeing with what we're doing or how we think about this. But she said something to her friend who used to work, I don't know which big station, but she used to work uh, in big media. And this friend was appalled that she would suggest 
that they wouldn't be telling the truth about this, that they, that it would perhaps be propaganda. She was just like, oh my God, that is so not based in reality. And I kind of wanted to ask you, since you came out, had your own awakening. Yeah. Like, is there a lot, it, it, to me, it's common sense, but I've, I've, you know, I, I take for granted that I've integrated so much information over the past 10, 15, 20 years that, um, is there a group that is of reporters and we could talk about, you know, the, the kind of demographic across the whole nation. Is there, is there some that work in media that are like, this is because people are trusting media and that includes Fox right now. People are just like, ah, I don't, I get my news from citizen journalists. That's the only place I can get anything that re resonates with truth. But do you think there's a lot of people that work in media that are just maybe haven't gotten brave enough like you did to come out, but they're sitting on some knowledge that like, this is just, this is a house of lies basically. Or do you think, yeah, well, most that's people do you think that's most people still feel like, no, we deliver good information that keeps people, you know, <laughs> informed, which I can't even barely say that with a straight face, but there must be some that feel that way. But is there a tipping point where, more and more of these reporters are going, uh, uh, you know, I'm starting to see some stuff on Telegram or, you know, my my crazy uncle friend sent me something and I clicked on it. You know what? It made a lot of sense to me. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I'm really glad you asked it because um, this will help a lot of people understand why there's so many people that still are in mainstream media and supporting it. Um, first of all, 95% of newsrooms across the country are all filled with people who who would be considered leftist or liberals. Mm -hmm. 95% out of my entire station at CBS, I was one of three conservatives. So, I mean, there might have been four or five, but I mean, we were a ultra minority there. And you know, here's the thing that you have to realize when you're in news, you are raised and bred, so to speak, to be all consumed by all of the mainstream media news. You're supposed to be watching all the other channels. You've got to know. And, and think about where you're getting your news feed from. You're getting it from the AP, from the, from the Associated Press, yep. right? You're getting it from the wire. Well, you know, who who's in charge of the Associated Press? right? Reuters, we know who's in charge of those two. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to think about if that's all they're consuming, they don't know any better. They don't know any differently. And especially if they don't have, um, I mean, I feel like for me, the reason why I recognize things so quickly is, you know, as I've contemplated, you know, how did I wake up and really come to this conclusion? You know, it started almost 20 years ago when my twins were born and I started to think, you know, I'm not sure about the childhood vaccine schedule. And I had just a few friends. It was not okay, by the way, 20 years ago to question your pediatrician. Right. You were supposed to just trust. But um, I had a few very natural minded friends and we were all kind of you know, on the same boat of, you know, it doesn't hurt just to make sure that these vaccines are spaced out with our children. Yep. So I started to do that with my, uh, with my firstborn. And, uh, when it was their six month, uh, checkup, 
they had, um, they were given the MMR vaccine and it was the first time this was 2006. So this was the first time in, uh, in history that year that the MMR vaccine was available as like a, a three shot. It used to be the measles was a separate shot, mm-hmm. rubella separate. So one of my twins ended up having an adverse reaction to that vaccine and mm-hmm. it caused me to go do another deep dive and investigate what are in these childhood vaccines. So for me, you know, 18 years ago, I knew that there was some nefarious, you know, schedule with the childhood vaccine schedule and with the pharmaceutical industry. So there's the first piece is that I didn't buy into it. Um, Secondly, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I read the Bible. I believe that the Bible is God's true word. And, you know, so much of what we're living through right now is in the book of Revelation. And so that was another piece that kind of made me, all right, I need to think, I need to really pay attention to what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that, the, and I was not a consumer of television. My husband and I, we love to just go and do things. And we weren't really big TV watchers. And so I think that's another thing. If you're not, you know, putting that into your mind every single day and you're reading other things and you're enjoying life, you know, you can kind of, I think, be more of a critical thinker than someone who is being brainwashed by whatever is put on the television screen. That's so true. You know, um, you know, it's funny you and I, before we got on this call, we were talking about uh, 5G warfare, uh, uh, General Flynn's book. I, I've done a bunch of different kinds of episodes with this. Uh, we're in a spiritual war, whether you realize it or not, kind of theme. Um, this is humanity against the globalists. It's we the people against the Great Reset. Um, and I you know, supply them a lot of different quotes and and it could be RFK Jr. uh calling something out it could be you know General Flynn or any of a number of these great uh leaders that we have including citizen podcasters um but i just you know it's funny it's almost surreal i don't know how you feel about this april but it is you used to be able to it wasn't that long ago where you could have a disagreement and it seemed like a lot of the disagreements were should we go to that war or where do you think the taxes should be um this and that it's i am i've arrived at a place where i'm somehow being called a terrorist a threat and all this stuff for standing in just basic principles of freedom god country um let's protect the children from these weird weird narratives and things that they're throwing at them um, and I've said on many occasions, uh, quoted Malcolm X, who says, don't ever let the enemy educate your children. And I said, you know, the enemy is educating our children right now. I can tell by so true. by what the curriculum is. Um, they're teaching them to hate themselves, divide, uh, don't trust your parents, hate your country, hate your skin color, just all these different Marxist uh, uh, tools to divide, uh, get us second guessing one another so that we can't stand united. But I think we're figuring it out. I think there's a mass of a mass awakening that's happening. It's not just in America. Let's, but we'll focus on this country because it's a very important country in the awakening. 
Um, but I'm seeing a lot of really positive things, but also I'm called to sort of point out the things where the enemy is inside the gates. And that could be, that could be in big pharma, you know, that could be in the medical community where they say, Hey, trust us. We're the good guys. It's like, well, I don't trust you. Actually, you've, you've blown all trust. You you're, you're not, you're working for big pharma. I don't trust you. I do trust the science. Your, your science is not, is not sound though. And, oh, right. and you're, and you're getting triggered every time, every time we question your so-called science, you're just calling us names when all we're doing is simply pointing out, wait a minute, that's not adding up. Why do you want me to, you know, I never took the experimental jab and, you know, I got banned off of Twitter and with all the stuff I say about the, the great awakening and the war with the globalists and the spiritual war we're in, the thing that got me booted off of Twitter permanently with no warning was having a doctor on where we were looking at the mRNA and saying, and she was basically saying, look, this is experimental. They're trying to do a mass clinical trial. And I would advise people to stay in the control group of not getting it, you know, exactly. and, and that alone, I tried to disguise the title. Cause I knew, I knew I was going to get in the crosshairs of, of, of big, uh, big media, big social media, but uh, they, the, the bots found it and banned me. Um, but you know, I don't know how That's, you wear that yeah. like a badge of honor. Abs, I did. I did wear it like a badge. And it helped the show. A lot of pe more people found the show when it got banned. Um, but I just wanted to ask you, like, what's your take on this kind of spiritual war that we're in? You know, are you optimistic? Do you see good signs? Are things going our way? Um, you kind of strike me as a little bit like me where you're pointing out, hey, here's something. Hey, here's something. I'm noticing this, but also I know that you're a Christian and you have faith in God and you have faith in Christ and our community. And that, you know, we're hope I'm, I'm trying to bring more people. Um, they don't, you know, wh whether or not they have faith in God is I'm trying to bring more people over to see, look, we are under attack, <laughs> you know, and whether or not you're, you're completely in agreement, but can you at least see that there is a big war going on uh, and it's right at your doorstep? Um, anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I'm, I am a naturally just optimistic person. Uh, like I like to be a half glass full type of person, I, but I'm also very much grounded in reality. I think what, you know, the message that I try to tell everybody is, listen, we, we are probably going to experience incredibly difficult times, mm -hmm. but, um, but there's a reason why we were alerted to all of this. I mean, think about if Trump had never won that election in 2016, yep. he wouldn't have even heard the term fake news, right? You know, he was the great disruptor that came in and really the things he was saying was making so many people mad, but what did he do? He exposed so much. And I think that, um, you know, at least for me, I would much rather know about the bad things that are happening and then put a plan in place of, okay, so how do we prepare or how can we best, you know, try to hedge against what's coming? Mm -hmm. And so I tell everybody, live local, as, as local as possible. If we know and understand that these entities like BlackRock and Vanguard are buying up everything and owning everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right down to the products we use every day, like our toothpaste and our shampoos. I mean, every day we go to the store and, and buy 
consumable products that we need, we're funding BlackRock and Vanguard, the very companies that we hate. And so we have to wise up and not spend our precious resources funding these companies. So for me, it's been, you know, a big shift to, uh, you know, now I, I purchase only through a company, you know, called the wellness company that, that ships products right to my door. They're made in America and uh, they're owned by a Patriot, right? So I'm going to put my money behind a company like that. Um, I'm going to also look to see, okay, what local farmers, you know, are in my area? Can I can I purchase a cow or half a cow for my family instead of going to the grocery store and worrying whether is does my meat have mRNA technology in it now? I right. Um, that's the whole other thing that we're still we're not, and I've been digging into that. Um, and we we're not getting clear answers just yet yeah. on that. Um, which which worries me. That's so that's so funny you said that because I just told my wife because obviously you and I are seeing some of the same stuff about mRNA in cows and stuff. And I just said, yes. we need to do a little better on where we're getting this stuff. Like we need to we need yes. to connect with a local uh, farmer and just make a, a relationship with him and say, you're, you know, you're not doing any of that weird stuff that they're doing with the MRNA and, and get his reassurance and just, and give him our business and our, and our, and our trust that we're getting a good product from him. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and look at, look at how great this could benefit. You know, it's going to, it's going to boost up the local farmers. Mm-hmm. It's going to support the organic farming. Um, it's going to get, you know, we're, we're getting educated every day on what we need to do to protect our family from the onslaught of chemicals and all kinds of things that they're trying to do to, to poison us and kill us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I, I just always say, listen, sometimes this information can be so overwhelming and people will say, well, what do I, what could I really do? Like, how do we stop this? Well, you stop it right in your home, right? You don't bring in those products that, you know, you know, are, are funding and supporting our enemies and you make sure that you are are eating foods that aren't filled with, you know, their, their chemicals. And I want to say this, I mean, this is, this is very new news, obviously with in the last couple of weeks where we know that, uh, you know, they've announced that, you know, they're going to be putting MRNA technology into the cattle and the pork, but, um, a representative from the Cattlemen's Association came out and said, well, listen, you know, we don't, there's not even a FDA approved livestock, mRNA injection yet. So we don't have it yet. Well, okay. How easy was it for the FDA to approve the human version, even though they knew all of the horrible side effects? So we know it's coming. And I think that as long as we understand and know, we know their plan, we can make our own plan to try to, you know, sustain ourselves and protect our families. That's a great point. You know, and and one of the things that's been so great about all this, and we'll talk about Trump just in a second here, is that uh, you know there wasn't really a lot of citizen journalists doing stuff. You know, I mean, I used to buy no. books, and you know, you it was all we used to consume. Everything was mainstream media. To your point earlier, and now, like. I just, I have some great citizen journalist channels. If they start, like I knew about the MRNA and the cattle, even though it's a really new story, as did you, because our, 
our finger is on the pulse of what's really going on. And so yeah. the very technology that they've tried to smother us with and create this kind of top-down totalitarianism is biting them on the butt because we're we're doing end arounds, we're talking amongst each other, and then we're building structures. You know, this whole Bitcoin decentralized internet. Um, has got them scared to death because they're like, oh, wait yeah. a minute, they're just going to do their own thing and not even be plugged into what we have. We try to enslave them completely with this these systems that are really um, top down. And all of a sudden, here are here's this great invention that they're using. And also they, now there's all these citizen journalists that have they've woken up and are communicating about all kinds of different things that are that are true about what's going on. And so it's a super exciting time. You know, I still am kind of I'm not surprised by it, but when it comes to Donald Trump, you know, I did a 180. You know, when when he uh -huh. first came, because I used to be a liberal, and when he came on the political scene, I'm like, oh, God, this guy with the bad hair and the D-list, <laughs> so, you know, the apprentice. I'm like, God, oh, you know, and I lived in New York for a long time, so I'm like, really? This guy is going to – but now, you know, it. I did a turn on him, and when I started seeing more citizen journalist stuff, I started seeing all of the great – videos of him interacting with people and then i would see some stuff that they would show about him on the national news and it was obvious that it was always heavily edited they would yeah. try, they would try to edit it's so easy to edit something out of context and then build yeah. a, a different context that makes somebody look bad i mean that i could do that i don't even do that for a living it's it's super easy they would grab a sentence or two and then they would talk all about you know, like try to fill in the blanks with their own, you know, demeaning narrative. And they never see him with the kids with Down syndrome where he's smiling from ear to ear or where he's got the babies or the kids where he's like, you know, in his yeah. in, in his heart and, and how much he loves the nation and, and America mm -hmm. and, and the principles of freedom. And and if they did, they would feel they might not feel such harsh hatred for the man. I think they've been duped. Um, I don't talk about it that much on my show. Although, um, you know, for me, I, I adore him not only for what he stands for, but because I think, God, nobody has taken slings and arrows like yeah. this, like this man, like it takes a special warrior to be able to take the hatred of half the country that just everything you say, they take the wrong way. I don't think I could yeah. do, you know, I, I'm a pretty strong man, but it takes a special, special sort of um, God appointed man, I think, to be able to stand in there and just say, look, I'll do it. I'll play this role. I'm going to be demonized by dang near the whole half the nation. But um, I have a mission and my mission is to restore America and I and I'm going to do that and and play his part. So I don't know how you feel yeah. about it. And I and I meet a lot of conservatives that are like, I don't like Donald Trump. You know, I think he's too divisive. And for me, I think he's the most principled of the people that are up there. Now, RFK Jr. as well. I agree with you. And that's an interesting thing because he's a Democrat. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm thumbs up on Trump. I don't always like talk about it that much on the show because I think, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh my God, he's, he's so pro Trump, but I am. And, um, you know, I'm kind of coming out and telling you about it and yeah. finding out how you feel about it. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think president Trump was, um, just an incredible leader. I think that, uh, 
this is the stand I take with anybody who's in public, you know, the public light is that they're all, they're just human. We're all human. Uh, so we make mistakes. We might say the wrong thing, whatever. At the end of the day, nobody was, you know, voting for Trump because they thought, oh, he's, he's going to, you know, he's my pastor. So, you know, right. I, I think he should be right. We vote, we voted for him because we saw that he loved America. We saw that he was wise in his business policies and that he could hopefully turn our country around. And then to see all that he accomplished in his four years mm -hmm. um, was incredible. And, you know, to your point of taking so many slings and arrows, you know, we're, we're watching how, you know, just, let's just take, let's just take the case of J sixers. Okay. Yep. That, whole January 6th thing was so distorted in the media yep. to where people who watched mainstream media believed that if you were a Trump supporter, you are a hateful person, you're an insurrectionist, mm -hmm. you're a racist. All These are all lies, right? But if you actually want to get to the bottom of what really happened with J6, it's very hard to get any person on the weaponization committee, anyone from Jim Jordan's weapon, weaponization committee, or anybody in Congress to want to actually speak to a journalist about J6. Yeah. Why? Because it was so demonized in, in the media. And why were the people there at J6? Well, they were there because they could see that communism was invading our country. and they knew that it did not make sense for somebody to get more votes than uh you know the ever before i mean president trump got more votes than ever before and still lost mm -hmm. to a man who campaigned from his basement yeah i mean that takes critical thinking just to even think about that and if you're so blinded by the lies and deceit that you're listening to on mainstream media that you can't see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was on full display. Why did Trump do so many rallies to prove the point that wherever he went around the country, he could amass tens Huge. of thousands of Huge. people yeah. with very little notice. Yep. And and it was a movement, you know, across this country of patriotism and all the things that are good. You know, no, there was no there, there was no nefarious, you know, or, or evil things planned at Trump rallies. It was just people coming together for love of country. Yeah, that's and true. I, yeah, I, I stayed out of the whole J six mix mainly because there was so much, like to your point, there was so much distortion. There was so much misinformation, and and both sides actually, both both the white hats or patriots, and then also the globalists. There was just a lot of back and forth. It was hard to see what was what. I wasn't there. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, and and I knew the media was was doing their number on people because of all the name calling. And, you know, I had a friend reach out, uh, a liberal friend of mine goes, you know, I think if you would have been anywhere near that, you'd have been in jail right now. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. you know, no, I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have been there. I mean, I, I was hearing from a lot of groups, stay away. There's going to be a lot of exactly. weird shenanigans and false flag. Like it, 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 uh, we're hearing a buzz that there, it's not going to be good. Just stay out of DC right now. It's Patriots. It's just, there's going to be some weird stuff and it's, it's just not smart, you know? So I just, I don't know. So anyways, 
Um, but I did want to talk to you about um, April TV. You've got that coming up. Is that going to be, oh. tell us about that. What is that going to be? Is oh. that a channel? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on with that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just my website, aprilmosstv.com. And yep. on there you can access my show, which mm-hmm. is on podcast platforms. Um, oh, good. Yeah, it's pretty much anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. You can find Face the Facts on there. And then um, I do have a show called Fearless, which is exclusively, uh, it's content that you can't see anywhere else. Uh, It is not content that I upload to my podcast. And it's on uh, Unified, that's U-N-I-F-Y-D dot TV. Uh, So you can purchase a subscription to Unified TV that blesses me financially when you purchase that subscription. And then also you'll get exclusive uh, content with some of the most important critical uh, people of our time, really. Um, And then I do put out some free content on my Rumble channel. So if you go to Rumble, you can look up my name, April Moss or Face the Facts, and you'll see uh, my show on there as well. Those are, that's other content that's not on Unified, but yeah, my main focus, uh, to be honest, is just to make sure that people are well-educated, well-informed, that we all become our own best researchers. We can't rely even on me, right? Even on your show, my show, we try to give the best, most accurate information on our shows, but we can't get back into this pattern of just relying on a citizen journalist or relying on an independent for our news, we have to do the research ourselves because we don't want to slip back into what we've just woken up from. Absolutely. You know? That's a great point. Yeah. I, I always hope that my episodes, especially the stuff that's edgy or a little more controversial, uh, that people will go and look and find out. Like they'll do their own rabbit hole dig to see if what I'm saying is true, partially true, not true. Uh, I try yeah. my best to to present um, the truth, but it's what I'm finding and what's resonating with me. And and maybe, and I think it really works well when you dig in yourself and gain your own understanding of these different issues. And there's a lot going on right now, right? I mean, there's oh, just, so much. you know, and so you really have to trust your own heart about like, what do I need to really understand right now? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they're talking about the spiritual war. There's talking, Tony's mentioned this book by General Flynn. Maybe I'll just get that just to see what yep. the nature of the conversation is. So I'm not completely blindsided by the events that are, that are coming. So, but April, thank you so much for coming on. You're doing God's work. Keep up the great work. Um, it's helping. Uh, I love everything that you're talking about and what your stand is for people. So thanks for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your insight and your wisdom today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Tony. And I uh, would love to have you on my show sometime as well. Would love to. Thanks. All right, take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with April Moss as much as I did. To find her work and show, go to aprilmosstv.com. Thank you, base campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. 
Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.